Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Impact Heroes Podcast. And today your servant, Joe Curie, is here for you in another episode. And I'm so blessed and thankful today. Uh, I got you as somebody that is like a freaking big CEO from a large technology company. Uh, and this company has been recognized like uh, everywhere like on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, and Rick Jordan is the guy. He's the CEO and founder of this company. And his company, he what he does is like cybersecurity. Cybersecurity, and he's also like super recognized on, on business and ethics. And I know that he's a featured speaker. He have like a big podcast, uh, all in podcast, and he have been holding even conferences uh, on the same name, all in, and bringing speakers like Jordan Belfort and a bunch of famous people. And for the people that know me, knows that I fell big on a conference, but I'm, I learn a lot too, <laughs> and it's super cool. Uh, that I saw him also talking about how, how hard it was to set up this big conference. And, you know, Rick is a guy that he have like the life. He have the, like the, the family. He have the looks. He have the family. He have the, the houses, the car that people dream about. But why I, why I admire him the most is because of his background on building churches on building companies on ethics, and also <laughs> something that really touched my heart, and it's something that I dream to do someday, is a podcast with his son. Uh, and okay. the pod- that podcast really touched me in so many levels because it wasn't like him trying to get something from the son, from his son. His son was actually a guest on his podcast, and you could see the authenticity on the conversation. It was something freaking real from a dad that cares about his son and cares about his future and a kid that understand that about his father. And a father that doesn't like, is trying to limit his kid. He's trying to like, actually like build everything that he can around him so he can be whenever that he want to be, whatever he want to be. If he want to be a freaking YouTuber and do it with filming movies, like however he want to do it, Rick is there for him to support him. And I really love that about him because that's what is, one of the most important things that is that are missing on the entrepreneurship life and on the, on the business owners. That is the family side, the, 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 the side that, that, okay, I'm super successful at business, but my house is a mess, <laughs> and, and my kids hate me, or are doing drugs because I never pay attention to them. Yeah. And this guy is like setting up a freaking sample on how to do, be successful at business, but actually setting like a, like a high standard for actually being a role model for your kids and, and something that I freaking like loved. It was when, when his son, the first thing that he said, he was, yeah, I want to be in this podcast because someday I want to be like you. <laughs> My man, you're, you're really, really kind. Joe, it's awesome to be here. Thank you so much for having me, dude. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I really admire it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Let's dive into that, man. Cause I want to, I appreciate that. And I've got a, a concept that, that's part of my all-in theory, my all-in formula. The I is integration, man. 
And that's the part, I, I just had a, a show about this too uh, on All In. And it's really cool to be here. You're really kind. I want to, can we peel back the curtain? You know, I got a curtain behind me too, because it, you're, <laughs> you're saying a lot of really, really kind things, man. And I want to give people the real, real. I'm not trying to be kind. It's just like people don't see some stuff. Yeah. Uh, And and let's say that I've gone through pain and and, and fears, and now I can see other stuff that people maybe don't appreciate. And I really appreciate those things way more than being freaking a millionaire or whatever, because it's the things that last at the end of the day when I was homeless once. Oh, man. And it sucked. And that thing gave me the opportunity to see life a little bit different. So it's not not that I'm happy that I was homeless, but I'm super happy that I I went through that situation. For sure. You're not now either. Yeah. Right on. You you fall down, you get back up. You know, that's what the big hashtag fail forward for sure. It's interesting about homelessness because I worked for a social service agency about 15 years ago and I saw a different side of that too. And I noticed and this isn't saying anything negative at all, but I noticed that you typically become homeless, not by your own choice. Something happens, life happens, and you go through that. But I see a lot of people that stay homeless by choice. Yeah, You were down there and you're like, man, this is not going to be my life. I'm sure about that. And I, I love your energy, man, too, because it's amazing. <laughs> You've got a really light heart about you. And that's so cool. But, uh, my son, he he wants to do whatever he wants to do. You know, he wants to, he wants to be a videographer. He wants to make YouTube movies. He loves special effects. He's actually even jumping on board almost like an intern when he's almost 12 years, only 12 years old doing some of my video for me now. It's awesome. Able to plug him in. He's been in TV studios with me too, just to see how all that works. But that's that integration mindset, man, because it's not a lot of entrepreneurs do fail in their families. Uh, The, this craziness, this insanity that an entrepreneur has, because it, trust me, dude, we're a little insane sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally, I guess. <laughs> we got some, some weirdness. It's like a circus in our heads, I like to say, because we just can't stop. You know, can't stop, won't stop. We just keep driving forward because there's always the possibility of something better, but even more, there's the possibility of impacting another life or another 1,000 lives or 1 million lives in a positive way. And that's why we just can't stop, man. There's something that wells up inside of us. And money is not the goal in that. Money is almost like a byproduct of serving. It's a, it's a symptom to the disease of this craziness in our head is that when we're trying to serve people and trying to lift them up and trying to build a good family, we just happen to make money too. And yeah. we can make a lot of it, but then that money becomes a tool. And yeah. the tool fuels more and more and more of that. But I do want to peel back the curtain, man, because I, I want to make this pretty clear to everybody is that having a good family takes a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. Yeah, and again, money, because that's a tool, right? In order to do that, in order to bring your kids with you or your family with you or a single kid, whatever it is, it doubles, triples, quadruples your airfare expenses for the year, your lodging expenses for the year. So that's a tool, you know, so I'm redirecting some of that money back into being able to build that family. Just keeping that as a focus and a primary effort in my life and integrating that so there's not the entrepreneur life that I have and then my family life. They're not two different things. They're the same. They're together. They have to be. Otherwise, I know I will fail. And I I do sometimes. Uh, Sometimes, you know, my wife just told me the other day, which is so kind. She's like, you're a really good dad. 
And that's the kind of stuff that touches my heart. Yeah. But then I think, you know, cause we always self-examine too. And I think, man, but I did this wrong and I did that wrong. You know what? There's no freaking book or YouTube video on how to parent the best way. <laughs> yeah. Everybody thinks they have their ideas. Yeah. Right? Everybody thinks that they could, and there's all these experts that are out there and they think that these are the directions and it's all good advice for the most part, but every kid is different and every parent is different. And when you put those combinations together of the differences and the uniqueness, there is no situation that's the same from yours to somebody else. 100%. It's going to take effort to figure it out from day zero when your kid is born all the way until they're out of your house and beyond. So when they're coming back to you when they're 40, 50, 60 years old and saying, dad, I got, I got this issue going on. What do you think about this? Like, Oh, I saw this 25 years ago. You know, I'm thinking I'm like 102 years old now at this point. Right. <laughs> I saw this 25 years ago. Yeah. This is exactly what I did. Hopefully it helps you too. And I, I've noticed this other thing too. This is a, a parent thing. It, there's a lot of don'ts in parenting, right? This is something I try to stay away from is all these rules and regulations that are put in a house. You know, you can't do this. You can't mm -hmm. stay out till 10 o'clock because this might happen. You can't go out with this dude, like my daughter, because this is what this guy's thinking. Rather yeah. than saying, no, you can go out and be home at 10 o'clock or you can go out with this dude as long as it's within a group. Yeah. But I try to flip around and I try to eliminate a lot of the don'ts with my kids. So that there's not necessarily rules of things you shouldn't do. There's more so guidelines on things you should. And there is so much effort on, on flipping the script. Even it really for them. Yeah, it's a mental mind shift, you know, because I had really good parents too, man. I was really close to my dad, especially. He passed when I was 16 years old, when I was really young. But I had a cool 16 years to know him. And in my house, there was a lot of those don'ts. Because it was whatever, you know, 25 years ago, but there was a lot of those don'ts and it was the, the boomers as parents and not that boomers are bad, man, because boomers are freaking wise. Oh my gosh. They, they've seen so much. Like I was just talking about when I'm 102, <laughs> I would have seen some stuff in my 102 years, you know, yeah. just like the boomers have seen stuff in their 60 years their 70 years right now. You know, they have a lot of wisdom and society was just very different at that time. Yeah. Nowadays, Kids are smarter earlier. They pick up on so much more because of the internet that we have, because of podcasts like we're doing right now, right? Mm -hmm, pick mm -hmm. up on so much more, so much earlier in life. And then instead of saying, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that, why not saying, hey, that's a cool idea, but let me show you some of the outcomes that could possibly happen. Then you can make the choice by yourself with my guidance. 100%. And let me tell you something. For the people that is listening, my dad, totally loved me like crazy yeah. and he wasn't he is he's alive yet still but he he was a christian or he is a super christian guy but all of his communication it was with the dons yeah yeah and i hated it i run from my house he was so crazy because he was too pushy on me he was and he wanted the best for me and and, and yeah. i know that he was doing his best and he was like a, a, a foster kid, not even a foster kid. He was like a homeless kid, let's say. Sure. So he never had a role model. Like his dad died when he was five years old and his mom died when he was eight. And he was raised by his sister that she was 15. Yeah. So she really didn't, he really didn't have any type of role model. So 
because he was he could at eight years old he could be playing until 12 uh in at night outside right on and and started smoking weed and stuff like that he was super scared that that happened to me too so yeah. his way to teach me it was with a, with a bunch of don't do this or you can't even go to the to the to the movies uh because people in the movies used to do this when i was there like and but i didn't get it yeah i didn't get it like and it was like for me i couldn't even in the understand his love and i know that this guy was giving everything for me now but at that point i just wanted to run from my house and i ran Be and, and it, it totally messed me up in the way the, uh, the the decisions that I took, because he didn't know how to actually show me his love, and sure. the love was there. Yeah, he, he would do anything for me. It's crazy, but if you don't educate yourself and take the time to actually learn how to communicate with your kids, you can really make like you know make a, a, an impact uh, on either positive or negative on them for sure there's a big thing man that you're hitting on there that if you don't learn to communicate with your kids you're going to be in big trouble meaning your kids are going to get into some serious crap and the way to communicate with them is really to learn them and the only way to learn them is to spend time with them there's no other way because just like how you and i are just getting to know each other right now you know i can always see some some good similarities and bonds and commonalities out of the gates. But dude, if we did this once a week or whatever, you know, for the next year, how well would we know each other? A lot more, right? 100%. Yeah. And let me tell you something. It's crazy because that what you're saying is so crazy because with my dad, yeah, the first time that I had a conversation like we are having right now, it was maybe when I was 29 years old. Wow. First time that I had a real... And this dude loved me. He paid for every meal that I had in my things. In my when he every time that I poop, he was cleaning me. Every time yeah. that I needed anything, get somebody to get me to school. But he never learned how to communicate with me. And I was like, I almost died on a crack over those. Man, uh, years ago, and it was, and and, and it's so hard even for him. Because yeah, it's yeah. just you allowing yourself to learn how to communicate. That will it. make a freaking difference in your family, in your wife, in your son. Right on, right on. Everybody that you touch in your life. Because <laughs> the hell is full of good intentions, let's say. And, it, and, and he's amazing. I love him now that I understood his past. I understood why he don't know how to communicate. And I'm still trying, like, now I'm trying to pour pour love into him and communication into him, but it's, you know, it's hard like to communicate if you don't have, if you don't build that relationship. Exactly, it's gotta start young for that too, man. Otherwise it's gonna be, like you're saying, it's gonna be very difficult later in life. Not impossible, because it can still happen, <laughs> exactly. But it, it can be very difficult and it'll take even more time. It's almost like learning a foreign language, right? Kids can pick up new languages so fast, become bilingual, trilingual, quadlingual, all of that. But when you try to learn a language later on in life, your brain has already mostly formed itself and oh, it's yeah. more along with like your personality for kids and the relationships with your parents. You know, it's not impossible, it just takes more time and more effort to accomplish that later in life. 
get started on that young. Here's something interesting though too, man. We're talking about parenting because there's some parents out there that don't understand these concepts, that don't understand what I like to call the simple rule of proximity. Meaning if I'm just going out to pick up a bite to eat, to grab sushi from the restaurant to bring it home, we're ordering takeout, right? I will always bring one of my three kids with me in the car just to have that time of communication where it's just one-on-one. And when you have multiple kids, you know, that time gets divided, but you can have time together. Like I took, my wife was sick the other day. She had the flu. I took all three of my kids out to dinner and we just hung out and it was an awesome time. There's cool times to have that together with all of your kids, but then there's also importance in doing the one-on-one, even though you have multiple kids, because that's when they start to open up, dude. That, that's like when I had my son on my podcast, you know, that was a trip out to Seattle, Washington from Chicago. I had a total of eight hours round trip on a plane with that dude. I had a total of two full days with him. And by the time we got to the show that he was on, we had already been talking almost nonstop for, for two days prior to that. So wow. warm up the conversation. That's why it turned out so good, really, you know, because I, I do travel a lot. I bring my family with as much as I possibly can. They're coming in, they're meeting me in Florida here in a couple of weeks because I'm down there on business, but then they're coming down while I'm still there on business just to hang out. We rented a house, a condo, and we're just doing breakfast and doing everything else like we normally would at home, just in a different place. Uh, yeah. So it's a different lifestyle. But what about those people that have the, the nine to fives? You know, what about blue collars that might be on an automobile line? You know, let's say in Detroit or something like that. They've got the, the nine to five or the 7 a.m. to three shift, wh- whatever it is. And then they go home and they're tired. But th- that's the problem is I was talking about this the other day is that they're thinking about their work life and their home life is two completely different things. Yeah, it's like when work ends, that's when my home life starts. And it almost gives a reason to be a different person, sort of almost disconnected from really your life. That's that integration, man. It's got to be together so that you're thinking about home when you're at work and you're thinking about work when you're at home because the two feed each other and impact each other along with everything else, along with your spiritual life, if that's what you're into, along with, with whatever else goes on, all of that makes up who you are. If you try to segment the, these things, it's almost like you're creating uh, like split profiles, you know, almost like different Facebook or Instagram profiles of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Here's how I am at work. Here's my work self, right? Now, here's, here's me as an entrepreneur. Now, here's me as a dad. Here's me as a pastor. You know, but why can't those all just be one? Because yeah, if that's the brand, like in my case, if that's the brand of Rick Jordan or that's the brand of Joe Curry, you are all of those things. Everybody listening is all of those things that make you up as a person, as a human on this earth. And if you fragment those, you're going to have less of an impact on everybody around you, especially your family, man. And that's, that's what we're here for, dude. We're here to serve and we're here to impact others, right? 100%. And that's like you're right on point. And, and it's something, some of the stuff that I push a lot, and I even push a lot with me right now. I'm yeah. building myself back from, from the situations that I was. I like, at 22, I was making $50,000 a month. And yeah. it was crazy for me, but I didn't have any type of education. It was from ego, doing money, however it takes. Yeah, Illegal yeah. money. So that's why I went homeless. And now I'm building my life from homelessness, but immersed on fear, on yeah. like going back to that place. And it's so amazing what you're saying now because... I build so much personalities after 
all of the struggle or the success, yeah. I build a personality for work. I build a personality for family. I build a personality for being with my parents. I build another Instagram account. Let's say, and I had, I even had it. I even had different accounts for different people in my life. And now I'm saying like, it's totally the opposite. If you want to really be happy, I have to build one account that I'm proud of. Period. Yeah, you got it. You got it. And I have to be build, building this account that I'm happy and I choose to be happy every freaking morning in the morning when I wake up with the wrong food. I, I have to choose to be happy anyway yeah. and say, I'm going to use only this account today. And, yep. It, yep. It, and we have to be super aware and be present to it because I, I, I wasn't even noticing that I was choosing the account of fear most of the time in my life. Yeah, right on. Yeah, kind of worried. I get you. I, that's that's I a horrible place to be, man. Mentally. I don't want to be on that account in, in, time in my freaking life. I want to be on the account that I could spread good energy for people. Yeah, be yeah. five. And, and, and if a room is dark, I want to be the light. If I, you know, be the spark for people's joy and, and motivation or whatever. Ooh. And I have to choose for that. <laughs> Every That's a great phrase, morning. man. You just grabbed me with that. If the room is dark, I want to be the light. That's so powerful, man. That's awesome. And is there a reflection? And is there a reflection of the, the light from, from, you know, from heaven? I get you. Yep, for sure. That's, I mean, we are put on this earth to serve other people. There's no doubt about it. But even if that is, you know, on the, on the automobile assembly line, we're still serving people because that could be somebody that needs to get to work, might even work in the government somewhere or whatever it is. And that day they're signing a bill, you know, to impact funding for third world countries or whatever it is, you know, so even everything is so connected and everything, th a lot of people think things are so fragmented and entrepreneurs, man, I, I fear for them because this is how you can tell the ones that will continue to rise. It doesn't mean they won't have setbacks because dude, I've had 80 million failures in my life. Yeah. But, but the couple of successes have been big successes because I've learned from every single one of those. That's that failing forward mindsets that entrepreneurs who are just continuing to just go at it without trying to go after this method of integration and just making the money to make the money. They, at some point will either fail and fail big to the point to where they cannot recover, or they're just going to be a feeling so empty inside, man. I mean, what's the point of doing all of this, uh, of the late nights all the time, the 24 sevens of having to leave your family, your kids for a week, you know, or even bringing them with you, but not being able to see them while they're on trips with you just because you have business to get done for a time period, for a season. What's the point of all of that if it's only meant to help yourself? Yeah. We have to impact everybody else, man. I love the title of the show, Impact Heroes, because I, I appreciate that you see me as somebody like that, man. It's humbling. And I love to peel back the curtain because when we were talking about like those different metaphorical Instagram profiles, sometimes they might not be. Like you were saying, you actually had different profiles that, that were out there for different groups of friends. But those different ones, you know, why would we want to do that? Because people need to see our vulnerabilities too. People need to see our failures. And that's what I try to put on my stories. And when my wife was on my show a couple times too, I had two shows that I did with my wife, Jaina. And we went through almost in detail about the toughest year of marriage we've ever had, which was two years ago. 
And it, it was just horrendous because of bad choices that both of us made. Not anything crazy, but just about communication and being, rather than competing with each other, we learned to complete each other. That was a phrase that my wife said too, because we were just trying to go after both of our individual things without yeah. realizing that really they were together and we need to complete each other and go after. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It doesn't mean we're not our own people. Oh no, man. We have our own desires, our own goals in life, but we can support each other and integrate in any way we possibly can so that we're feeding off of each other and fueling each other's success. So it brings the whole family up entirely at once rather than just trying to go off in our different directions. And that's, that's the biggest thing I've learned. And that was just two years ago, dude. I've been doing this entrepreneur thing for 12 years now. And two years ago, I learned one of the biggest lessons in my life. And awesome. I'm going to learn some bigger lessons coming up in the future too. I know it because it, whether it's from success or from failure, it's still something that's going to teach me and educate me in order to do something different in the future or to not do something again ever. 100%, 100%. And thank you for that one. And, and thank you for, for being so, so open. And I want to dig deeper on the taking out the curtain. Yeah. Uh, you know, Entrepreneurs like you that shine so much light today usually have a past you, also. Man. Usually have a journey where you had to learn a lot yeah. to actually be the person that you are today because you went so deep before. Now you have to understand deeper stuff to actually shine different today. And yeah. I want to learn a little bit about your journey and I want to listen about the kryptonite. The stuff that hold you back maybe for years, maybe the fears that you were dealing with or whatever you want to share from your journey when, when you started till today. Can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely, my man. I, uh, I told you before that I'm a pastor. I mean, that's all over there too. I was ordained years ago. I'm not with a church anymore in that capacity. And there's reasons behind that too because I started when I was really young with that, man. That was uh, I started leading bands in church when I was 16. I was playing drums when my dad was a worship leader in the church, the music director, when I was 12. And that really formed a lot of my childhood, man. I was in, uh, I was in youth groups. I did a lot of conferences, all of that. So I was exposed to events. I mean, large youth events when I was really, really young. And all I could see, man, and like in my head, it's like, man, these people that are on the stage are really impacting these young people right here. That's something that I want to do someday, whether it's young people, you know, college age, you know, the, the like 20 to 29. I love that age group, by the way, dude. I love 20 to 29 year olds because there's so much energy and passion and drive to try to figure yourself out. Yeah. They, they're just so freaking hungry. I, I love that because they're just going after anything they can grab onto that's mission based. And I feel that a lot of older people might miss out on that because they don't understand what they're going after and just view them as just being so scatterbrained. It's like, well, yeah, you're supposed to be because they're looking for something to believe in between that 20 to 29 year old age range. They are looking for something that they can grasp onto. And as long as they know that they are contributing, they're not tainted yet. They're not jaded from too many bad experiences to where they start to think, why am I even trying to do this? Because nobody else is going to see the fruit of this anyways. No, they're thinking, wow, if I can grab onto something that I believe in, they're there forever. You know, that's the whole millennial thing, right? And millennials, I know it's a demographic in an age group. I hate the term myself because if it's describing, you know, let's say 20 to 35 year olds right now, 20 to 35 year olds right now are no different than they were 50 years ago. 
from a mindset perspective. And it's that whole point. It's not that they're, you know, trying to bounce around from thing to thing. It's what we were talking about earlier to where, and this was my journey too. I was trying to figure out between 20 to 29, what the heck am I going to do in life? And I was searching, man. I was searching for something to believe in. And at that point in time, it was launching churches and helping grow these things. And I, I tried to help launch three of them. I was always the number two guy in these churches. And that was by intent. I was always offered salary. I managed the business side of that because that's where my mindset was and the music and making sure that everything logistically was set and ready to go. It was, it was a cool time. But then this is a problem, right? And you can see this in corporate America. You can see this in churches. You can see this anywhere. This isn't necessarily just with churches that's a problem. Is where, especially in small churches where you or ones that are starting out like startups, if you bring on somebody onto your team, whether it's in corporate or church or whatever, and that person might have talents and skill sets that you don't, don't be jealous of that person. Understand that they're, they are there with you as the leader of this whole thing to fill a void. And they can do things that you can't do yourself, or they can do things better than the way that you can do them. And that's an okay thing. The, what I went through in the journey in my church experience was kind of the flip side of that to where there was a lot of jealousy and where there was more people that were flocking to me than there was actually the lead pastor in the church. And that became a problem, even though I would direct into the lead pastor, but it started birthing jealousy in these scenarios because I mean, I'm, I was just born this way, man. And I go after things and I have a lot of natural talents and abilities in a lot of things. However, a lot of people have natural talents and abilities in a lot of things. They just have to open their minds and say, wow, so Rick's really good or Joe's really good at doing this one thing over here. But you know what? I got this skill set. Yeah. Rick and Joe can't do this. We complement each other. The same thing that you say with marriage and with your exactly. wife. Exactly. Yep. You got it, my man. This is, you notice how this is very relational on almost all of these themes are the same because this could be with the wife. This could be with 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 your husband, with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, this could be with your boss at work. If you're working in corporate America right now, it could be anything. Everything is about relationships. Even in the world of Zoom that we're on right now and in the world of social media, everything is about relationships. Even social media is a very real space. There's just a, a kind of a shroud of perceived anonymity that there's no consequences to things that you post on social media, which is an interesting dynamic too. Yeah, because yeah, it's we say things on social media that we might not necessarily say face to face because we feel like we have a little bit of protection there. <laughs> you know, I, I don't do that. I don't engage in those kinds of things because what you see on social media is who I am. End of story. You know, and my stories themselves, you should look at when they're posted is that's the real real. That's behind the scenes. That's where I like to show, hey, I'm a real dude. I make failures. I messed up. There's something that really rocked my world today, not in so good of a way, and this is what I did to fix it. I'm going to share these things with you and my failures because hopefully you'll be able to learn from mistakes that I've made that you don't make them yourself. That's a, just what was your biggest mistake for Gia? Something that you couldn't overcome and, and, and like something that it was super yeah. hard for you to finally click it. That's a, that's a great question. And the biggest mistake I can say that I've made is probably losing weight the wrong way. And even though I'm very happy that I'm thin now, and you know, I, now I work out four times a week, I've got great, fantastic muscle mass, I'm pretty cut actually uh, on my upper body, but 
few years back when I lost the weights, I just wanted to drop it and I didn't educate myself first on the right way to do it. I'm just thinking, hey, it's simple math. If I take in less calories than what I burn, which is a deficit diet, that's what the, the pros call it. If I take in less weight than what I burn, I'm going to lose weight, taking less nu nutrients than you know calories. If I take in 1500 calories and my body burns 2000 a day just doing nothing, I'm going to lose weight because your body goes into the fat stores and drops it off. The problem that came about with that is I was going so low fat that I ended up killing my gallbladder. And nobody could figure out what was going on with it. This was like five years ago in an eight month time period until I was on my deathbed, less than a day away from dying. And they took this thing out. They had to go in by hand. They didn't even know it was that bad. I just had some pain there and some other weird symptoms. And the thing was gangrenous, necrotic. It almost became like the walking dead because it, even though it was a dead organ, it attached itself to my liver, pancreas, and kidney. On my right side, it was just sucking life out of my organs, man. And the reason... The root reason of why this happened, not necessarily because I lost weight the wrong way, it's because I didn't educate myself first. And this is something that's very true to who I am, is I learn a lot of things by just doing them. I'll research a little bit and then I'll just go out and do it. Whether I fail, fine, I'll fail, but I'll still learn from the failure, that's cool. Just like mm -hmm. I learned from this failure. You know, don't do that. You still, your, your body still needs basic nutrients <laughs> in order to feed and help everything inside of you survive. But not educating yourself enough on big things like that to where it's a matter of life and death. And this can happen in business too because business can be a matter of life and death. Especially if you're pushing yourself too hard or you're just working yourself to the bone and you're not trying to integrate the rest of your life and family, it'll start to eat away at you mentally, which then will start to eat away at you physically. That's when it becomes a matter of life and death. They'll always try to think forward and strategize these things and say, if I do this, what are the possible three outcomes of that decision of mine? And are any of them going to lead down a very wrong path that I don't want to go? If that's the case, and that's fine, don't do it. Otherwise, on the other side, which is a motto of mine, is I just say yes to almost everything. If I don't have that moral or ethical gut check, I will say yes to almost everything, whether it succeeds or fails, because I know that I will learn something from it. Whether it's success or failure, there is something good that can come out of both of those. That was my biggest failure, man, was five years ago, was not educating myself enough before I jumped into this whole nutrition thing. Now I'm much more educated, but even now, you know, I, I've reached, I haven't had a six pack ever in my life. I still don't. It's not even something I necessarily want. But, you know, everybody has that little bit, even when they're thin, that they can grab, right? And, and it yeah. bugs them. Oh, my gosh. You know, and I'm not some thin fit dude that's never struggled with his weight that's telling you this. I was 80 pounds heavier. You know, I know what it's like to eat the three cookies and milk before bed every single night. I know what it's like to go to Buca de Pepo and order the family size that serves four and eat the whole stinking thing of fettuccine Alfredo. I know what all that is like, man, because that was just not being disciplined and not treating my body the way I'm supposed to, which is kind of a godly thing too, not treating my body the way I'm supposed to in order to excel and succeed in life. Even though that was the biggest failure in 2015, coming out of that, I've also had the biggest wins I've ever had in the past five years because I've learned from that. I was like, well, I'm not going to do that again. From now on, if it's something huge, I'm going to try to educate myself a little bit or maybe take things at a slower pace. 
I don't mean like snail crawl to where nothing ever happens. No, I mean actually pushing forward, but at the same time learning along the way and sitting on decisions for a little bit longer. Before, everything was like snap decisions, man. I mean, in instance, and there's always going to be times where that's necessary, but now I might sit on it for just an hour or maybe overnight just to let, if it's a big decision, just to let it sink in a little bit. I'm not talking weeks, bro. No, because I think that that's ridiculous too. Just sitting on, so because you'll miss out on opportunities. If yeah. you wait for weeks, you're going to miss out on opportunities or wait even for days sometimes, two or three days, you're going to miss out on an opportunity. But just let giving yourself the proper time to reflect and maybe educate yourself on a little bit, that way you don't die. Yeah. <laughs> I, know that, yeah. I know that's pretty intense, Thank dude, you. but that's, that's exactly what it was. It was life or death for me in that scenario because I did not learn enough before I went into it. Thank you for that one. I think that is something even for me. I, I've been... I've been uh, on, my, on my entrepreneur mindset uh, for years, yeah. and, and it has been like the main thing of my life. Yeah. And I didn't have, I'm trying to organize my priorities right now, and it's like I built some habits for years. Yeah. And yeah. now it's like I have to reorganize my priorities how I want to be, because if not, I'm freaking going to die. Uh, and it's just what it is. And, and thank you for being a, a, another example. I'm being open to share with that because it's something that it relates to me a lot. Like you cannot imagine. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I, you know, I, I don't really like this keto craze that's going on either because of the stuff that I've learned and almost going through my near death experience. And so if you're going to dive into this stuff, I'm not an expert on this. I just know some of the right ways to do things because of how I did things the wrong ways. Keto eliminates most carbs, right? Well, if you're going to lift, which is really what I do, your muscles actually need carbs to grow. Your muscles need that kind of fuel in order to continue to burn off those calories that you want to and actually build up some decent muscle mass. I've tried that. Now that I lift four times a week, it's not heavy stuff, man. It, you know, I'm talking like the most that I curl right now is 40 pounds just to give you, you know, or my skull crushers are like 50 pounds. It's not huge weights. You know, and I start and I work my way up with that too. So it's like 30, 35, and 40. It's not huge. I'm not like The Rock, you know, like, like Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> That's not how it is. I don't ever want to be that way. I just want to be fit. I want to be healthy. Because if I know that I get this in line first, then everything else is going to fall in the right direction because this is a discipline. And this is something that I learned specifically from this is if I get this discipline down, I am way more disciplined in other areas of my life. One, because I'm more physically fit, but also more mentally clear when I yeah. keep in these disciplines. You know, so the keto stuff, dude, don't do that. Just go, it, it's simple nutrition. There's a reason carbs exist, right? And I'm not talking like donuts or whatever, because dude, oh my gosh, you know, a buddy of mine who... And I, I mean, this is when we were teens, but we would go to Dunkin' Donuts and get like a dozen donuts and long johns, right? Chocolate long johns and split them between the two of us. When you're yeah. 15 years old, you can burn that stuff off pretty quick, right? But even yeah. when, you're, when you're like 25 or whatever, you can't really eat six donuts and expect to burn it off when you don't have physical activity. It just yeah. doesn't work. You're not, yeah. you're not physically growing anymore. That's what fuels all that stuff when you're a teen and when you're a kid, you can eat anything because your body's burning so much because you're growing. But dude, you get in your 20s, man, you got to change some stuff up. You can't eat six donuts in a sitting anymore. You could have like a donut a month. That's about it. And that's the key too, man, <laughs> is that give yourself some rewards because 
I like cookies. I don't eat them that often, but I'll have desserts on the weekends now. I limit it to one day, and it's not necessarily a cheat day. It's moderation in everything. You know, it's not balance or a cheat day. If you do everything in moderation, which includes carbs, you know, I'm talking even like whole grain pastas and all that, your body needs those. As long as there's no overages in any category and everything is just moderated across the board, you're going to be fine. Stuff is just going to drop off. But refined sugars, kill that crap. Only have that like once or twice a month. And that can be the dessert for yourself because it's, dude, I still love ice cream. I still love donuts. I had a craving a couple weeks ago for a donut that lasted like 10 days until I finally gave in and bought myself a donut. <laughs> you know, but I fought that thing for 10 days, man. And I'm like, all right, I got to do it. But I knew it wouldn't do anything to me. If I had a donut every single one of those 10 days, that would be a problem. But oh, yeah. since I had one after 10 days, no big deal. 100%, 100%. Thank you for that. Uh, let me ask you something. Yeah. What do you think that is your gift? What is your, what do you think that is something that come up easy to you to maybe help other people or whatever like a work it could be a couple ones. I know that one of your gifts is communication. Yeah. But maybe it's not the strongest one for you or the one that you use to help more other people. Like what do you think that is your gift or your gift? Dude, I, I guess this is a form of communication, but when people typically think of communication, it's speaking, right? That's the first thing that comes to their mind. Another one of my gifts is really being able to listen well. And this is one that I don't even understand. I mean, I've had people tell me like your eyes or something with your eyes. I've been on planes with people, you know, and the person sitting next to me will just start to pour their heart out. And I'm just sitting there just listening. And this just happened last week too. I'm on planes a lot, but she looks over at me and she goes, why am I even telling you this? I think it's just your eyes. Your eyes are so kind. You know, I'm like, I mean, at this point, I'm like, it happens all the time. Just keep going. If it, if it helps you, absolutely. And if I have some wisdom that would help you out from things that I've seen and experienced, I'll, I'll share that with you. But for right now, go ahead. Just tell your story. T tell me your journey and what's on your mind, what's in your heart. And it, that part, the, the hearing part and the listening part is huge, man. That's another one of my gifts. I've had salespeople knock on my door at my office, right? Big cybersecurity company. Somehow they get through the, the gatekeeper and they come back and they see me, never meet, meet the people before in my life. They sit down on my chair and within three minutes, they, they just start crying in front of me just because I might ask a question in a genuine way. Say, you know, how's life going for you today? You know, that's one of my typical questions because it opens up so much more commun communication rather than, hey, man, how you doing? You know, it's yeah. like, hey, how's life going for you today? You know, because it's, it's expansive because it's not just about your job. It's not just about your family. It's how's your life going, but then even more pointed today. That's a good tip, really, a good Rick Jordan tip as far as how to be a better listener, that form of communication is that one question. How's life going today? How is life going today? Let me write it down. Yeah. It opens up a different kind of communication. And it's a very endearing question because you can't just, or if you say, you know, what's up, man? Or, hey, how's it going? All right. Those are very benign statements that yeah. are questions where it doesn't take a lot of thought and it doesn't require a genuine answer. Yeah. But if you're asking the question, you know, how's life going today? That just inherently implies that you legitimately want to hear the real answer. And mm -hmm. it's something that's more deeper than, 
oh, I'm, I'm just doing great or yeah. life's good, you know, whatever it is. It's like, oh man, you know, well, this just happened this morning. I just had a fight with my wife last night. You know, I don't know if it's going to last. Yeah, those, those are the kinds of things that I start to hear. It's like, oh, well, what happened? You know, and then you just keep asking those questions and keep probing for more. It's really not to find out information. It's allowing that person to express themselves in a time of need. And you could be, like you said, that light in the dark room in that moment in somebody's life and impact them the way that they need. Just be their impact hero. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Let me ask you another thing, Rick. And, and I know that we're going over on time, but uh, do you have a couple more minutes? Yeah, I'm good, my man. I've got like another 10 minutes here. I'm cool. Awesome. Beautiful. Let me ask you something. Um, at work, people find you because of your gift also. What yeah. gift they are looking for you when they do business with you? Oh, the, really the ability to save their problems, you know, or to save them from their issues. That's a, in the cybersecurity world, that's protecting them. Usually most people are in a state of crisis as it is, which I don't really like working with people in that mode because it, they're, <laughs> who does? Because their mind is focused on one thing. You know, yeah. and, and instead of being focused on fix my problem right now, it really should be focused on, well, how did you get to this point in the first place? Because that's where we need to sort of go back in time and figure out what mess happened to get you to where you are today and then see what we need to do going forward. So it, it's almost like I have to press pause on them and say, hold on, time out. Let, let, let's backtrack a little bit, go back in time and figure this stuff out. Uh, that's, that's something that happens all the time, man. But that's a, in my communication gift when it comes to speaking, it's a lot of motivation side of things. You know, cause, uh, and the way I'm able to effectively communicate when I speak is just being very open and transparent. I yeah. don't really hide any of my faults, man. And, uh, there's a lot of things like on my show, All In With Rick Jordan, there's a bit called a squirrel because my mind will just go off on lots of different things like the espresso that I drank this morning or the fact that I'm racing some go-karts later. It'll just pop into my head and I talk about this. I always get back on track, but that's one of my maybe faults, if you want it, that I'm very transparent about and I own it. It's like squirrel, you know, it comes from a Disney movie up. I love it. Like, cause dogs chase squirrels. They get distracted yeah. by squirrels, right? That's one of my weaknesses maybe too, is that I get distracted a lot by lots of interesting things because I have 80,000 new thoughts and new ideas on how to change the world every single day. Well, do you think that you have ADHD or ADD or something? I've never been diagnosed, but probably they would say that. But I saw something really cool the other day that it was, you know, ADHD isn't the ability to not focus. It's the inability to care about things that don't interest you. Uh, and that just spoke volumes to me because if it doesn't interest me, I don't really want to have anything to do with it. You know, so right now I'm really focused, man, because we've got a good energy exchange going on. We've got a good show going, a good episode. You know, if it, I've had this happen before to where there's been guests and I've just cut out like half the show because I zoned out, dude. And I'm not yeah. going to say who they are, you know, <laughs> but no, or I've had to, or I've had to get them back on track because I'm sitting here and I'm starting to like stare at the ceiling or something like that, you know, but yeah. I'm also decent as an interviewer because I'm able to start extracting info out of them and get them back on track. And it's like, well, that's great. And then afterwards, it's like, you know what, let's kill like 20 minutes of that show. If we kill that middle portion, it's going to be really, really good because I wasn't engaged because I don't think that it, that conversation might have been good it was good for the two of us but I don't think it was probably good for everybody else in the world 
You know, no, if you were falling asleep also, it wasn't even for you, the two yeah, of us. Exactly, right? And that's just being real here too, man, you know? Because yeah. think about it. When you go to business networking events and, and all that, some people get into this mindset or this zone to where they're just stuck and they have the same answers all the time, you know? Yeah, and it's boring. It is, you know, just tell, give me the real you. If everybody could be real and everybody could be just straight up transparent, imagine how great this world would be. Totally different. Another question for you. Yeah. What's the biggest feedback that you have received from one of your followers or maybe somebody that, that went to one of your events or maybe after a speaking engagement that you had and they told you, hey, Rick, uh, thank you. Before and it's the feedback. Yeah. It's not it, it, what it, it, I just want to listen. Whatever they said, it's not like your opinion on it. It's it's whatever they said that it made you feel proud. You. I'm gonna read it to you. Is that cool? Perfect. Awesome. This Perfect. just happened a couple days ago, man, and it touched my heart so much. This is Marky Williams. You can find her on Instagram at M A R K I E W I L L I A M S. She's a bikini model, a fitness model now, but she was on my show uh, about a half a year ago, about six months ago, and this is what she said, and it was, just, dude, it touched my heart. I mean, to the point to where I was choked up just reading this, and she's, <laughs> she's pretty big on Instagram. You know, here's her post, right? This was from uh, four days ago, yeah. Last year was pretty incredible, partly because I had the opportunity to be interviewed several times when I finally decided to come out with my story about surviving years of domestic violence before finding a new life and career in fitness. One of the amazing people I've been interviewed by since was entrepreneur extraordinaire, Rick Jordan. Mad respect for Rick for always telling it like it is. And we connected on so many points, such as taking responsibility for the success of your future and finding a good support system or role models to encourage you on this path. Fitness is about more than getting in great shape. It's about all the changes you undergo as a whole person, such as establishing consistent routines, choosing a healthy lifestyle, and the mental and emotional conditioning that takes place when you become so disciplined. Thanks to Rick for inviting me to talk in his podcast, All In With Rick Jordan, and be sure to check him out on Apple Podcasts for inspiration and as well as good information for aspiring entrepreneurs. This was the first time, dude, that she came out with her whole story, and it just happened in the moments on the show because it was a safe environment for her to do so. Remember I was talking about, hey, how's life going today, that question? You know, I don't know if I exactly said it on that, but it was just very genuine communication to where she felt like, you know what, this is what I need to do right now. I need to come out with my entire story, and this is the moment that I'm going to do it in. And because it, it's Rick, he's an open person that genuinely wants to know and genuinely cares about me. Even though I've only known him for five minutes, I can tell that this is where I'm going to do it. Dude, that, that grabbed me so much, man. That's it. That's exactly why we do what we're doing right now. That's so beautiful. And let me ask you something. In your experience, what happened for people when they open up with their story and when they become like the real me and they, yeah. they own their, their themselves and their story. What happened for people in the future? Do you, uh, uh, like in general, like what, what you've seen that happen for people when they actually own who they are? Oh man, it's life changing. That's the biggest pivot moment in, in anyone's life is actually owning who they are. And I've said before, I've struggled with this too, you know, the multiple different profiles. But when you finally 
put those together and you're able to come out with truly who you are at your core, that's when you figure out, wow, I can accomplish so much and I can impact so many people because now I'm not fragmented anymore. I'm one whole person who can now feel the freedom to talk about anything. And I know that it's tough, man, because people have gone through some crazy stuff, dude. Crazy, crazy stuff. You know, but whether it's mistakes or whether it's whatever, you know, I met a dude yesterday that had Tourette's. Okay. And he, it wasn't the verbal Tourette's. Everybody thinks about just, you know, dropping F-bombs all over the place when you have Tourette's, but the guy had just twitches and I'm talking like violent things. And he starts making fun of himself, you know, and not in a self-depreciating way either, but in a way that made me feel comfortable being around him and talking about the same thing. And I, I already would because it's just life to me. This dude has just stuff that he's dealing with, but he already owned what he has which is so awesome, man, because it's like, this is who I am. You're either going to like me or you're going to hate me. It doesn't matter, but I'm not changing who I am for you because I was made beautiful in who I am right now. And I know that I can accomplish so much as long as I don't ignore any part of me. 100%, 100%. And, and not only that, I just want to say thank you. You bet, man. Thank you. Uh, really, and I want to say thank you in a way that you are one of my heroes. Thank you, brother. Thank you. And let me tell you why. You have a light that allowed people open up with you, that you listen to their dreams, you listen to their issues, to their fears, in a way that people in a freaking plane or in your show or anywhere that you are, you are the light for people. Hmm. And every time that you put content, it's actually light for the world. And this type of comments of the type of people is going to come up and you're going to keep attracting this type of people to your life because they are looking for light. They are looking for hope. They are looking for motivation. They are looking for inspiration. And I just want to say thank you because I know how much time, how much effort, how much money required from you to actually do every post that you do, to actually do every show, to put out a freaking conference. It's huge. And, and it's like coming from love. It's coming from actually making a difference in the world. And you are making that difference. Thank you, brother. And I know that you have been working for making a difference for years. And I want to say thank you in the name of every freaking follower that you have, every like, every view that you have, every like person that has seen you on stage speaking i want to say thank you because maybe they didn't they didn't have the time to run to you at the end of the at the end of the show or maybe say and hug you and tell you thank you yeah but i want to say thank you in the name of every one of them because every view that you have on your videos is one soul in the other side of the screen that maybe needed to listen something like you said to actually Belief in themselves, and you are life changing. And 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 thank you for <laughs> just being you, bro. And Thanks. thank you for being light for the world, for being like that reflection on on 
on goodness and kindness and, 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 and working for a better world every single day. And it's so beautiful because you are doing it even with your family because most of the people fail on being that light for their family. And I think that every time that you post is like motivation and, and inspiration because you are robbing the war from negative negativity and you're bringing the, the stuff that you have that really can make a difference in somebody else's life. And if you, we don't got heroes like you on social media, then these freaking crappy influencers that are just uh, putting bad content out there, yeah, yeah. they are going to win the war. But if people like you keep posting, if people like you keep pushing and working on, on changing the narrative online on social media, we can really change the world. That's awesome. And I believe that you are doing it. And thank, thank you, you so keep much. freaking going. Thank you, my man. I appreciate that. I need to hear things like that too, because that keeps giving me fuel, brother. That's <laughs> I appreciate your kind words so much. Thank you. Thanks no, for- and people think that it's kind. It's not kind. It's realistic. It's just what it is. Yeah, yeah. You're changing people's life. Thank you for your real words. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And for the people that is listening, like if you want to get some motivation, some inspiration, some light in your life, freaking go and, 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 and follow Rick. <laughs> he will be the one for you. Like he have most of the stuff that you dream and some of the stuff that you, that you don't even dream in yet. For example, most of the people don't dream of having a relationship like that with their kids. But like yeah. most of the people are actually focused on making the money. Yeah, but yeah. don't see that they are destroying the families in right. the same time that they are just trying to reach for the money or something. And there is a way to like freaking be whole and complete and while you cherish your, your goals. Yeah, you get that right. And yeah. just... Thank you. Uh, if awesome. people want to find you, if people want to learn from you, how, how do they do it, Rick? Every social media channel at Mr. Rick Jordan. I'm on iTunes with my show, you know, which uh, I think this is going to drop on there too. Yeah, it's, it's uh, man, that's awesome. I appreciate everything you've been saying. This, uh, this whole day has just been fantastic so far. <laughs> just the past hour, it's been good, man. This is a good, a good conversation we've had, good energy exchange. Thank you. I really enjoyed yeah, it. But thank you. At Mr. Rick Jordan. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Everywhere. And for real, you are one of my heroes and I admire, I, 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 I admire you. I look up to you. And when I grow up, I want to raise kids like you are raising them. I want to have a relationship with my wife like you are doing it. And, and, and thank you. Thank you for being an example in the world. Awesome, my man. Cool. We good? What else? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. So thank you. Thank you for every listener. I love you. You're amazing. You are enough. Let's freaking go. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out every Monday. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode 
with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan and I approve this message.